Well, hello and welcome once again to Raging and Eating. This is Rossi, better known as Chef Rossi, owner and executive chef of the Raging Skillet. And how are you talking to you at my preferred witching hour, you know, close to midnight, as you know, par usual. And I've had quite a journey since I talked to you last. So my girlfriend Lila and I went on a trek from Flada, F-L-A-D-A, to New York City. And I suppose uh, normal people, whatever that is, I always hated that word normal, could maybe make that drive in about three days or even two days, or even less if you're, you know, evil Knievel. But uh, we decided to turn it into a real journey. Now, I should be used to that because my parents did the schlep from New Jersey to Florida constantly when I was growing up. And it always took them about a week. I'm serious. Well, first of all, because my mother visited every rest stop from Jersey to Florida because you never know how long it'll be to the next exit. You know what I mean? But, you know, I've told you about this already, I believe. And then every state had a welcome station. There was a welcome. Maryland was the Maryland house, which was kind of cool because it was a big mural and lots of different things to eat. I don't really remember what Delaware had. I guess it wasn't too memorable. Virginia, we would get the bumper stickers. My mother would load up hundreds of them that said Virginia is for lovers. Back when people actually put bumper stickers on their car. I mean, I don't think anyone does that anymore because cars are so expensive now that the last thing you want to do is cover them up with Fakaka bumper stickers. So I think that's pretty much a 70s thing, isn't it? But they were free and we got them. And I don't remember getting anything in the Carolinas except for really good breakfast. Georgia, we always got free peanuts. So my mother would load up on all the peanuts and Florida, when we finally got there, we'd get free orange juice or an orange, one or the other. Personally, I think Georgia should have given us peaches instead of peanuts, but you know, that's what we got. So Lila and I did the trek and we decided to really make a journey out of it. And since neither one of us are really, you know, butch about the driving, well, Lila does most of the driving because I'm super wimpy about the driving, but she's a great driver. But still, you know, we don't have that kind of stamina to just drive for 10, 20 hours. We're kind of at a three hour a day driving limit. Four hours is pushing it. So we decided to make a real journey out of it. We um, went to Savannah, Georgia, as you know, Savannah. I cannot stop saying enough great things about Savannah. I'm definitely going to go back and spend more time there. But I just, I really felt like I had stepped back in time. I mean, we're in the historic district, so you kind of had that feeling. And there were all the squares and the parks and the fabulous old houses. Uh, From the 1700s on the water, from the 1800s where we were, it just really, really felt like I could just step back in time. Even more so, like in New York, I always gravitate towards the West Village to have that feeling of having that architecture, but I really felt it in Savannah. So we spent a good long time there. I think we were there for 
just about four days. I mean, so you know we're not traveling with any great speed. And then we didn't exactly know what we were going to do next. So on a previous trip, we went to Charleston, which is fabulous. But, you know, I kind of been there, done that. You know what I mean? So I said, let's have an adventure. And I did some research, places to stay that you may not have heard of in the Carolinas, in South Carolina. And I found this town I never heard of. Maybe a small city, big town. I don't know what you're going to call it. But it's Florence, like as in Florence, Italy. Florence, South Carolina. I did a little more research. It turned out they had really up-and-coming, rejuvenated downtown historic district. I guess it maybe had been not doing that well, and now it's bumping it up. I don't know. So we decided we're going to stay in Florence, South Carolina. Why not, you know? And we went and we checked out this this downtown area, and it was pretty cool. I mean, it was historical. Everything looked like it was at least 100 years old. Maybe a few things looked like they were 200 years old. I don't know. It looked, it was old. I wasn't there, you know, with a historian, but definitely it was old. Had a little bit of that energy of like a gun, you know, gun smoke sort of Western town. But it was South. It was South Carolina. It was great. There was a really fabulous barbecue place, of course. And it had a great energy. So we did some serious eating in Florence, South Carolina. And the next day, in the daylight, we went in and checked out the barbecue place. But we didn't have barbecue because I knew I was going to have barbecue in North Carolina. We kind of just, I made a whole meal out of the side dishes, which was a lot of fun. Some great down-home feeling coleslaw. And the side dish of lima beans and corn that was like a signature side dish dish of this barbecue joint. It was a lot of fun. I felt like we were really having an adventure. And then we went to North Carolina, went to visit my old friend, Marguerite, who I know from my East Village wild girl days in the 80s. And Marguerite was just the queen of, you know, that whole heyday. I mean, she, she ruled in a lot of ways and she opened up several restaurants and she really was kind of a superstar, and she still is. So it was pretty cool to meet up with her in North Carolina. Now, I was thinking I was going to have, a, again, this sort of southern town feeling. But when I got to this town outside Raleigh, North Carolina, I felt a little more like I might as well have been in a high-tech area of California. It was like big, giant structures, and I guess Apple was there, and Google was there, and I don't know. This is just a little bit too built up and modern for my nerves. I wanted to like have like the down home thing. I know it's there, but you know what I mean. But Marguerite took us to, took us to this place, and it was like a whole eating and drinking. I don't know what you call it. Almost like a park, entirely made out of those. Um, what do you call it? You know the containers you would see on a ship. They just took a whole bunch of these giant containers and made this giant structure out of it. And one place was a bar, and one place was a barbecue joint. So we had some downright amazing barbecue from Lawrence Barbecue. I had barbecue brisket of the gods. I mean, this was really seriously good with a margarita, because why not? 
And we got to visit Marguerite and reminisce, and it was just great to kind of catch up. And that was something about this trip, too, I forgot to tell you. When I was in Savannah, I hooked up with my old friend, Suze, S-U-Z, and it was great to catch up with her, too. So it was kind of like we managed, Lila and I managed to have friends peppering all across the country. And so since we had all this time, we got to look them up and hang out with them. It was sort of like the love journey. And then after, the town we stayed in, in near Raleigh was called Cary, like Cary Grant, C-A-R-Y. And I didn't really investigate it enough to tell you what I think of it, but I will say I had some awesome barbecue there, and that I did love. And it was kind of gorgeous, lots of nature trails, and I'm sure that it's a nature lover's dream. So then, after that... We went to Richmond, Virginia, and again, I said, well, we made a mistake, one mistake when we were in Florence, which was that we didn't stay in the historic downtown district. And I said, I just want to walk around. I don't want to get in the car. So we checked into the downtown historic district in Richmond, Virginia. And at first, it sort of looked like everything was out of business and boarded up. It turned out it was just the street we were on, And I'm sure a lot of tourists, because that same street, it's the big hotel street, I'm sure a lot of tourists maybe had that impression. But a little little bit more time and a little investigation, we found this whole lively, fabulous, great area of restaurants. And and it was just, it was buzzing, you know. it, It was buzzing with the energy I felt in Asbury Park, New Jersey, when it started to have its renaissance. You could feel... It was blossoming, you know, there was energy brewing, construction, things are happening. And not like, you know, here comes a bunch of skyscrapers and we're going to ruin the town kind of construction. More like a lot of cool people are buzzing to do a lot of cool things. So I'm going to keep my eye out on you, Richmond, Virginia, because clearly you're up to something. And then uh, we were talking to a host at a restaurant. He said he's a big fan of Richmond and he said, that it was the fastest growing city in Virginia, and I could see why. It was pretty darn fun. So then we left Richmond, Virginia, and we went to meet up with my friend Connells from high school, my dear friend Connells, and her daughter Suzanne, who I love and adore, who got to be my intern one summer, and it was just the best summer my business ever had. She just breathed light and energy into my company. We were all tired and jaded and feeling old, and she invigorated us. It was unbelievable. I started calling her Rocket because of her energy and her flaming red hair. And now Rocket went on from there to become an award-winning event planner, and now she's doing public relations in in Virginia, and she's just a superstar. Very proud of her. So we got to hang out with Connells and Rocket, in Alexandria, Virginia. So that's like right outside of D.C. You can just jump in a water taxi and be in D.C. And I got to say, I don't think I've ever walked around Alexandria. Talk about losing yourself in the old. This is like 1700s old. Everything's preserved and it feels colonial and you expect George Washington to come walking by or Ben Franklin. Just gorgeous, really gorgeous. I could have stayed there for a week. I mean, it just could have stayed there for a year, probably. Just gorgeous. 
and Suzanne was a fabulous tour guide. We went behind this really beautiful brick old home and she showed me how the the giant archway door had once been it had once been the morgue and I guess the bodies were brought in and out by a horse-drawn carriage through that big arch and then she pointed to a house across the street and she told me the story and that was like a kind of an odd-looking structure she explained it used to be the ice house I was familiar with the ice house in Provincetown Massachusetts which later on became condos so this ice house I guess became private homes too she said the story goes that there was a famous princess who died in Alexandria and they planned the funeral but back then I guess it took three months for people to get there and she was really important so they used all the ice in the ice house to keep her frozen so things wouldn't get funky and you know would hold her for three months till her funeral could happen the problem was that they used everyone's ice like a whole summer of ice that they needed for food and everything else so after they finally buried her um i guess they decided well let's use the ice and then they gave it to people to keep their food cold with the problem was i'm guessing i don't know exactly how it worked but i'm guessing if you wound up being the family that got the ice that was actually close to the dead body well, you got some demon food poisoning or something worse. Suzanne said some people died from it. I mean, that's kind of nasty to eat dead person ice. I mean, I got to say, if I, if I was having a meal when I heard that story, I might have lost my appetite just a little bit. But it was kind of cool to know. I love stories like that. Anyway, so, you know, I was digging and loving Alexandria. And then we spent the night in... I guess, what is the town called? Arlington, I think. All these A-towns, I forget, with Connells. And we all sat outside and just toasted the night and the gorgeousness. It's just lots and lots and lots of love. So now you would say, well, you're close enough, right? You're four hours outside of New York. Why don't you just go for it, right? But no, not us, because we were slow-moving snails making our way through the country. So after that, we decided to go to Mount Laurel, New Jersey, and visit our friends Linda and Melissa, who were wonderful hostesses, and they made an awesome barbecue for us. And I gotta say, as a chef, I do love eating food I didn't have to cook. And then we all watched the Tony Awards together. I'm telling you, it was a great trip. And this particular Tony's made me really happy. Did you see the Tony's? It made me really happy. I love seeing so much diversity. I love seeing non-binary people winning Tonys. I love seeing trans, trans people getting nominated and, and all sorts of gay people and Jewish people and black people and everyone. It's like one big, fabulous party. And that's just how life should be. In particular, it was kind of awesome watching the Tonys with Melissa and Linda because they worked with someone who they were cheering on who actually won a Tony. This gorgeous creature, very talented, named Alex um, Newell. And wow, they were super talented. So I don't know. It was just kind of an all-inclusive, fun-feeling, good-feeling sort of Tonys for me. And I think life should be like that. Like, who the hell cares if you're a boy or a girl or non-binary or if you're trans or not trans or gay or straight or 
pansexual, so many things. I can't keep them all together. I mean, it makes me dizzy after a while. And it's so confusing and disorienting to just remember everything that wouldn't it be great if we just got rid of all of that? Like, why do we have to call anyone a he or a she or a they or a them or gay or straight or trans or cisgender? Why do we have to say any of that? Why can't we just all be people and just get rid of all of those things? And we wouldn't have anything to remember. We wouldn't have anything to ostracize anyone over. We could just all just be people. I love it. See, I'm thinking that someone up there appreciated what I just said because I feel a whole bunch of rain just started coming down just as I was talking about that. So that's like a sign of fertility and a sign of approval. Except for the fact that it's a lot of rain and it's coming in my bedroom window and my floor is going to be pretty flooded and, you know, maybe a small electrical fire might start with the television. But besides that, it's kind of awesome. Anyway, but I digress. So we had this great, fabulous feeling in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Now you say, well, you're so close. You might as well now go back. You're only a couple hours away, right? And this long journey's almost over. This is like nine days later. But you know what? We weren't quite ready. We needed one more night on this giant, endless journey. And we spent it at my childhood stomping ground in Seabright, New Jersey. It was a full circle kind of thing. Because when I was a teenager and I ran away from home, I moved into this hotel in Seabright, New Jersey. And... I thought it was kind of upscale to me at 16. It was like $150 a week, but very quickly I realized I couldn't afford it. So I stayed a few days and then I moved into a really crappy sort of dangerous place in uh, Long Branch, New Jersey. That was only $70 a week. The interesting thing is I was Googling around because I sort of had a feeling, a sort of a homesick feeling of places to stay in Seabright. And I saw this brand new ocean tower, they called it. It was only five flights, but uh, that had just been built a month ago. And we checked it out. It was kind of swank and new and newly painted. And we decided to spend the night. And it turned out that the older structure, the one that was around the pool, I realized was that same place that I ran away to when I was 16. So here we were spending the night in my very first place that I stayed at when I was on on the lamb, when I was on my own from my runaway t- days. It's kind of interesting, full circle. And then we went to the Rum Runner, which is a great Jersey place. I've spent a lot of my time in, you know, over the years. And we met up with Websy Poo, my fabulous friend, Jenny Weber. She's never just Jenny. It's always Jenny Weber and her fabulous boyfriend. And we had a great meal and just lots of love and went back to our Seabright place. And I looked at the ocean and it was just kind of great. How did we end it up? We watched Daniel Craig and James Bond. And I got to say, it was kind of interesting because that guy is gorgeous. He really is. And here we are, two gay women, totally lusting after Daniel Craig. It's kind of funny. I bumped into him in a smoothie juice place in New York called Liquiteria in the winter uh, a few years back. And he had a ski cap on. He was much taller than I expected. And, you know, just rough and ready. You know, it's Sunday afternoon. He wanted a smoothie. 
Anyway, he looked gorgeous. I went up to him and I said, Dan, you know what? I'm a gay woman, so I feel very qualified to say this objectively, but you are gorgeous. You're much better looking in person than you are, you know, on the film. He really liked that he got a kick out of that, but the guy is really hot. You know, just because you're gay doesn't mean you're blind. I mean, this dude was super hot. But I digress. So we had this whole journey, a 10-day-long journey, kind of crazy, visiting friends that we never see, getting to know different towns and different cultures, immersing ourselves in the South. And then I got to go full circle to my hometown, my hometown of my youth. And it was pretty darn cool. And afterwards, we drove along the Jersey Shore for a while, just kind of soaked it all in before we headed back to New York. And then the nicest gift of all was that when we got back and unpacked, we were blessed with the most beautiful, perfect, crisp, gorgeous weather. Just a little bit of a breeze, not too hot, but you don't need a jacket. It was just perfect weather. And so we walked ourselves all around East Village, Lower East Side, just to kind of bring ourselves back to NYC, a full circle kind of thing. So what did I learn on my journey? Well, I learned that people are people. It's interesting, you know. I see a lot of crappy things on the news. It's all sorts of infighting. Once politics get involved, it's so ugly. So on the news, you know, you could kind of feel afraid to spend time in the South if you're a liberal, out gay woman. You know, especially in Florida. Lord knows, I don't know what is going on. Someone needs to get this guy to shut up. But I digress. But in fact, we were incredibly comfortable and incredibly celebrated and welcomed in Georgia. We had a great experience there. We had a fabulous experience in South Carolina and North Carolina and Virginia. All these places you might think might be hostile to you if you're a Yankee or if you're an out gay person or if you're a liberal Democrat, you know, or any of those things. And so it just makes me think that people really don't want to fight. I think deep inside, I think we kind of just want to live in peace and harmony. But all this rest of the stuff really stirs things up. I don't know. Of course, there are, you know, some people who really do want to fight. And unfortunately, they're the ones who seem to be in power So maybe we could just get rid of them, replace them with people who want peace and harmony, you know? Like, let's take a lesson from the Tonys this year. Everybody is okay. Every religion, every color, every sexuality, it's all fine. Let's just sing and dance and make music and make people happy, you know? Well, there you have it. So now I'm back, back in the saddle, cooking up a storm. It's an interesting way come back to New York because I'm basically dedicating this week to the bagel. B-A-G-E-L, yep, the bagel. The lowly, simple, who cares, whatever, bagel. You know, bagels are kind of amazing. I mean, a freshly baked bagel is just nothing better in the world than that. And I am going to be catering a bar mitzvah this week. It's a daytime, brunchy kind of bar mitzvah. And so what we decided to do was to elevate the bagel. Because bagel and cream cheese is a fabulous thing, of course, but why not elevate it? So I'm going to build a whole station out of freshly baked bagels, 
all different kinds. The everything bagel, the onion bagel, the plain bagel, the sesame bagel, you name it. And then we're going to be making a vegetable cream cheese and a scallion cream cheese and a whipped cream cheese and whipped butter and strawberry jam and raspberry jam and apricot jam, all kinds of good stuff. Then we're also going to be serving some gorgeous sliced smoked salmon and capers and sliced red onion and sliced lemon, everything that you want. And then just to kind of jazz it up a little bit, some of my homemade half sour pickles. So you have not lived till you've had a freshly baked New York bagel with a slathered with vegetable cream cheese that we're going to be making tomorrow and beautiful high-end quality, excellent smoked salmon, and a slice of red onion, a slice of tomato. Got to have that sprinkle of capers, a squeeze of lemon. That's a gorgeous thing. We're going to decorate it too. We're going to add some sliced cucumber and some sliced radish and a whole display of sliced tomato. I mean, it's going to be like a bagel extraordinaire, darling. So I'm ready. And that's kind of like the best way to come back to New York, celebrating the bagel, because you travel all over the world and they're always trying desperately to have the same quality bagels that we have here in New York. Folks say our bagels are better because of the water here. I don't know. I had a bagel in Montreal once and I almost broke my tooth on it. I don't know they loved it, but I was like, that is not a bagel. It's a bagel-shaped brick. and You can't call it a bagel, I'm just saying. And I had a pretty good bagel once in Florida, but not as good. Anyway, now I'm gluten-free anyway, so I only have gluten-free bagels, and they're never as good. I just got to say, there's all kinds of great things that are gluten-free, but not the bagels. But I digress. So I feel a little bit like a weary road traveler right now. Ten days going all slow. The snail ride, we could call it the snail ride on I-95. But it was fun to have these great adventures. I never would have heard of Florence, South Carolina. But I got to say, if you're on I-95, I'm going to give you a tip. And you're traveling through the Carolinas. Stop over in Florence, like Florence, Italy, South Carolina. But stay in the downtown historic district. Don't stay far away like we did. Because then you could just leave the car and walk around. It really is a great southern excellent town there's a train there so there must be a train stop there there's a great barbecue place i think it's called holy roly or holy moly holy something like w-h-o-l-l-y something like that awesome just a ton of great places so that's a fabulous stop and i highly recommend it also another fabulous stop is go to richmond virginia and stay in the downtown historic district trust me on this You know, you're going to see some buildings that are shut down and whatever, but just ignore that because they've been like that for a long time, locals say. It's something to do with development. I don't know. But there's lots of great energy and lots of things happening there. Kind of stay with that. And if you do have a chance to spend the night in Alexandria, that's a little out of the way maybe, go for it. You know, life is short. You know, on our way back, we were supposed to drive over I-95 in Philadelphia. It was on our route to get home. And I-95 collapsed. A tractor trailer blew up and took down I-95. It was an entire bridge or whatever it was, just collapsed. 
I mean, I've heard a lot of things, but we were on the road and we saw a big sign. I all I-95 is closed, all four lanes shut down due to a, an accident. And it wasn't until we got uh, to the news later on that we actually saw the photographs that the entire highway collapsed. And I said, you know what? Thank God we're not early birds. If we'd gotten up a few hours earlier, we would have driven probably right into that mess. So I don't know, honey. Life is short. You got to kind of live every minute of it. So I feel that that's what we did. We were like exploring and being open, spending time with people I love that I never get to see. It's kind of an amazing thing, right? And now we're going to be celebrating the bagel, elevating the bagel, darling. The bagel really deserves it. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I only ever had Lenders bagels and not, you know, whatever. But a freshly baked New York bagel, oof, that's about as close to sex as you can get. Well, maybe not quite that close, but, you know, it's pretty darn good. So this is Rossi for Raging and Eating. And as always, food is love and so are you. Now I'm feeling like I'm half Southern and half Yankee right now, and that's a good thing. Have a great, lovely journey.